0: hey good morning
1: good afternoon
0: well good evening then
1: and uh, might as well say good night
0: wow and you know what else speaking of that i realized if you Mm. right now if you're listening and and you're signed up for patreon right you will soon know what i'm about to say if not you're going to have to sign up for patreon so you can find out and that is what is that i sort of feel like in the beginning of the patrice episode that we put up for our Patreon supporters, uh-huh. we had the first ever little hint of good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
1: Really? You don't
0: think we were saying the, that before? No. This, say, this is way back. That, it that episode, back. it's when it's he died. Back. It's 2011. Yeah. It's... And, uh... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night is sort of a later era. So I think it's like a 2013, really? 14. Yeah, I think it's like the last six, seven years. Okay. And he says, he's like, good morning or good afternoon or yeah. whatever this is. Patrice yeah. says that. Yes, you're right. You're right. So I don't know. Maybe that got the the wheels going.
1: Um, if you don't know who Patrice O'Neill is, he's one of my favorite comedians, definitely top five of all time. Uh, and he's a good, fr- not, eh, I don't want to say good friend. He was a friend of mine. And um we had him on our hot ninety-seven show a couple of times and I found an interview that my I, I guess it was it was it a one-up episode or was it a hot ninety-seven episode?
0: That was one up.
1: Okay. Well the
0: one from the one from the week he passed. Yeah. That was a so one-up interview. Yeah, first of all, that's a one-up interview. And second of all, I need to send you I have it, I have the entire thing. On five D, like Canon five D footage, I need that. So, but I want us to put. We need to put it on the YouTube. Yeah, at some I need point, that. I need that. I need, but that. I need um, you to edit it.
1: Of course,
0: of course, you. of course. Of are course. you now? Now, say, say, why are you emphasizing you to edit it? At, oh, what what
1: I am getting, what I am getting from your inferring, is that
0: Billy June cannot edit this. No, that's what you're inferring from my implication. Implication, yes. And
1: I'm inferring that. And the the reason why is because Billy June will be the reason why we get canceled one day by just putting something up from from the old days, from from years ago. Something from years ago.
0: And we'll go, Billy June, how was that not something you thought you had to edit?
1: I cringe watching The Office now. Because they say shit that would not fly nowadays, but because it was a hit show, it's okay. Like he yeah, I mean, Michael it Scott fly. Michael Scott outed Oscar, he outed yep. him
0: in an episode, and and then and then kissed him, <laughs> and then kissed, him. and he said, "You're gonna watch this. You're gonna have this burned <laughs> in your brain." And he forces a kiss on. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's all stuff that should be fine because it was comedy and it was done brilliantly very but well you're right there are parts that i see that i'm like but there's the, there, the british office david brent's character there's stuff that is still
1: funny today but standards and practices wouldn't let it happen you know what i mean
0: oh yes i know what you mean
1: um anyway we're all over the place patrice o'neill uh, well, that's very, the theme
0: today is Patrice. So, well, by the way, why did they drop the documentary right now? Do you know any, any I, of the reasons? I do
1: uh, This is the time of year when we do the Patrice O'Neill Benefit Show. And that is a show that Bill Burr puts together every year alongside this woman named Maureen, who's a friend of mine. She worked at True TV. She's, she's been in the business forever. And they do this benefit every year, and he literally gives the money to Patrice's mom and all Patrice's friends come out and then now it's gotten so big. It's probably been like 9 10 years and now it's like even if people didn't know Patrice if like if he's oh, in the Patrice oh, oh.
0: style well this and this would be the 10 year anniversary of his passing.
1: Yeah, and but did he pass he didn't pass around now.
0: No, no, I just know it was in to- in 2011.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, the 10 year anniversary and um this is the time. I don't know why they do the benefit at this time cuz it's not his birthday. It's not his death day. For some reason, this is when they do the benefit. Um, and then I think Bill Burr's company produced that documentary. So yeah, I think they it. just so well, since we can't have the benefit this year, we'll put out the doc. That's what I'm getting.
0: Um, if you haven't watched it yet, it's on Comedy Central. It's really well done. I thought it was unlike most documentaries in that it was very complete about the person. Like, he doesn't come off as perfect at all. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, it's it's kind of warts and all. You know, they're, they're, I was happy they got into the part. You know, if you listen to our episode, um, yeah. you need to be a patron. So, uh-huh. patreon.com slash oneep is dead. And by the way, I feel like now I understand those who are still reluctant and who are going, I'm going to wait until they show consistency. I believe we've shown it, but I get oh. it. If you want to wait longer, I get oh,
1: it. Oh, listen here, fuck faces. I've given up my Saturdays to do this for you. That's right. I'm up early every Saturday down here in this creepy basement with a fucking ring light, like I'm a like I'm a YouTube makeup tutorial artist <laughs> with a fucking ring light talking to you <laughs> fuck faces. So
0: sign up. So if, if you were on Patreon and you heard, and you hear the episode, again it's he was it was the week that he passed. He came to hot to promote his weekend at Caroline's. Yep. He ended up not finishing the weekend at Carolines. Nope. Um Unfortunately, and but if you hear the episode, you will hear that he was in the era of his when he had really gotten into his deep and somewhat misogynistic philosophizing about women. I don't
1: I don't I don't like using that term.
0: OK, well, that's fine. We could let I'm down to argue the term. But my point is, that's where he was. No, and he was, whether yeah, where, was in however the you view it, that zone yeah. he was in. They get into that in the doc. And like they kind of talk about it being uncomfortable and like yeah. where he was going with it. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Sort of like, at least me, there are parts I agree with, parts I don't agree with, but I find all of it to be thought provoking. And that's yeah. what. And the thing is, Patrice wasn't. Patrice was able to be thought provoking and say things that would make you go, Ooh, I don't know if I would say that. Because he did it in a way that was so thoughtful to me, yeah, and 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 with a clear understanding when he said it of what things were meant to be really in earnest and which things were there to get a little bit more well, of a reaction. And it was comedy, and it was comedy. Like that's it wasn't what I'm saying. a report. Like,
1: it, it, yes, exactly. He wasn't a news reporter. He wasn't a um, a podcaster. You know, a, a, even a, he wasn't doing a TED talk. Right, you still got to remember it was in the it was in the, the realm the arena of comedy. So like, there was some you know levity to it.
0: That's a really important point too, Sif, because like I feel like you know yes, Joe Rogan for example does stand up, but when Joe's doing his podcast and and does things in a way that people find whatever objectionable. It's not done with any – a lot of times people are upset about things that are not done with a tone of humor. It's right, done as a, if it's a, almost a news broadcast. Right, that a comedy show. It's so with Patrice, I, I grant him a lot of leeway from the way I feel because I always feel his goal is to make you think and maybe laugh.
1: I didn't agree with everything he said. I'll tell you right now. I didn't agree with everything he said. What I did agree with was that he had the balls to say it and yep. That he went up there on stage and said it, and with with with, I mean, listen, I do stand up. He was fearless, more than fearless, like d- indifferent. I don't care if you like this or not. Is what I feel like talking about today. And is um, first of all, shout out to Swisher House. You see me sidebar real quick. Shout out to everybody in Texas going through some wild shit right now. Yeah. I got a lot for some reason. All of a sudden. I have a lot of friends from Texas. After being spending so much time in Austin lately, and um, I was in Houston and I got to meet—I'm uh, not meet, but I saw my boy Michael, Five Thousand Watts. So and he um, gave you
0: the Swisher House hoodie. So yeah, shout, shout out to, to everybody in Texas, in Texas for sure. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, keep going.
1: I meant to do it in the beginning, but I just did it now. So why don't you shut up? Um,
0: yeah. So uh, yeah. So no, the guy. He, he You were saying he's beyond fearless. He's indifferent. He 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 liked the awkwardness. He enjoyed it.
1: I remember I saw. I, I mentioned this in the interview. I think I saw him at comics. Before I really knew how great he was, and the reason why I when I had my first show at comics, so I used to just go in there all the time to see comedians, and there was a part where he made the room so uncomfortable. And Ed, I was like, oh, God, he's bombing. He's bombing. He's bombing. And then he goes, you see how the women just suck the fun out of the room? Mm-hmm. Because if you're on a date right now, you can't laugh at this joke because then you'll look bad to your date. And that's what he was saying. He's like, women have this thing over us where they're going to suck the fun because they're like, if you laugh, you ain't getting no pussy. And you're like, I want a date. I spent three hundred dollars tonight, dinner and a comedy show. I don't want to fuck up my pussy, so I'm not gonna laugh. And then he'll point it out. Hey, you see how yep. you're not laughing right now? But I know you want to laugh. That's the fucked up part. And I was like, holy shit! I never thought of it like that. He brought it back. You know what I mean?
0: And and is okay. And, and enjoyed sitting in the awkwardness. Yo, of there's it
1: all. the 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 elephant in the room is is Patrice's Comedy Central special. It's one of my favorite specials. Well, it was a
0: uh, it was a Showtime special originally, I believe. No.
1: No, Comedy Central.
0: Are you sure? He had a different I,
1: Showtime special.
0: I got it. Okay.
1: I was, was at meant- the taping. It was for oh, Comedy Central. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to flex on you yeah. like that. You really <laughs> did. I wasn't backstage. <laughs> um, um, and it's one of my favorite specials. I basically know it by heart. He has they put out two CDs after he passed away. One is when he's doing a set, he's just doing a night at the DC Improv, which is one of his favorite clubs. Bro, it is so fucking amazing. It's so raw. It's not put together well. It's not a complete set. He was just working on shit, and he was and he got heckled, and was doing crowd work, and it's masterful, bro. Like the way he commands, it's masterful.
0: I wonder, is it on streaming or not? You got to have. The yeah, stream.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. It's one of them is called Mr. P, and one of them is oh, I forgot the other one. There's two I'll different ones right that now. are from clubs, like just club recordings.
0: Mr. P EP, yep. Mr. P is one. Unreleased EP, unreleased. Yeah, it's a good one. And then uh, the lost files.
1: Sometimes, before I do a set, I'll put on Patrice on Dev Comedy Jam, and bro, it's seven minutes or something like that, eight minutes of fire. It's like a, a an adrenaline adrenaline shot. This is the joke where he goes, (laughs) he goes, yo, men are philosophical about dumb shit. This is why women don't get along with men, because men will go, hey, let me ask you a question. Would you fuck a girl with no (laughs) nose and a guy and a guy will do this? Hmm. Let me think about that. (laughs) And he goes into the whole bit of how, like, men will really think about, like, what, what do you mean, no nose? Like, like, um, like she just can't breathe through it or something. Like, no, she got a hole in the face. Oh, no, like, what do you mean, no nose? Just the tip is missing? No, a hole in the face. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> how she look, How she looked? No, she's bad as a motherfucker. She's got a hole. Well, can I close my eyes or hit it from the back? No, no, no. You got to stare at the hole all right, yeah, 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 I'll fuck a girl with no nose. <laughs> and he goes, you ask a girl, like, he's like, I'll ask my girl, uh, can you fuck a man with no nose? You can't fuck a man. You can't have no nose. You can't breathe if you don't got a nose. i take you to the hospital if you don't got a nose. He's like, just play along. Just play along.
0: Yeah, he, he also, one thing I noticed, and I'm no comedy expert, but when I was watching Elephant in the Room, his comfort in moving slowly.
1: Um, you mean is like his words on, slow?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he does not feel the need to fill the room. No. And as I've um, gotten older, I've tried to get better at like not wasting words. Yeah. Because I noticed there's some broadcasters that we have on the um, – that will call to the K show. Like uh. amazing broadcasters. And when they talk, I'm like, "Yo, I'm hanging on every right, word right, they right, say." Why? Right. Like Bob Costas, mm-hmm. legendary sports broadcaster. Right. Who I've seen even his... even you have heard of.
1: I've seen him in movies. You know where they like do like some kind yeah, of sports thing in a movie.
0: Yeah, he's that guy. He's the guy. He calls our show somewhat regularly, and when he talks, there's there's not an um. There's really? not a, a, a word used wrong. Yeah. But what there is is what I'm doing right now. He takes what? his time uh-huh. to say exactly what he wants to say oh. instead of fumbling his way through it and using lots of, which I do all the time. I, yeah. fumble, th- I fumble through stories because I didn't think what was I going to say before I started talking? And Patrice, no words are wasted. I I bet if you were to look at it, you would almost think at the end that guy didn't use one unnecessary word during the special. I'll
1: tell you even even something crazier. Um, We're telling Patrice stories today. We got some of his friends going to be on the show. I'll tell you something even crazier than not wasting words. If you really listen to Patrice, which I listen to Patrice a lot, sometimes he doesn't finish his thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot.
1: But his setup is so clear, you finish the sentence for him. That's how clear he is where he doesn't even have to finish the sentence.
0: They, they One of the commercials they showed for Elephant in the Room a lot was the joke where he says, "I thought I'd have a white slave by now"? <laughs> he doesn't finish saying it. No, he's like, "I I would have thought I I would have a white." Uh, he he like doesn't even I forget yeah. where he stops. Yeah, it but he doesn't finish because yeah. you already
1: know where he's going. You already know that's how clear it is. It's amazing. It's like the Matrix. My favorite Patrice story. I uh, have two. One when I got in trouble on Hot ninety seven. we Will not mention why. Haitians. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, you mean the, re- the one of the many reasons that we call you disgraced
1: yeah I um, Patrice was the, the first guy to call me make sure I was okay find out what was going on gave me great advice always love that but my favorite Patrice story is that when I did my show at comics the first time he ever did it he was back he was there was two shows there was a show he did on stage and then there was a show backstage in the green room he was doing a show And this comic I knew from from Toronto, his name was Tricks. He was on stage and he was ripping, killing. And the next comedian going up was this guy named Mike Vecchione, who is an amazing comedian. Mike Vecchione is one of the dopest joke writers I've ever seen. And Patrice is just getting in his head. Woo! You hear that out there? Ooh, that guy's ripping it down. He's not even from New York. Ooh, you hear that? A lot of black people out there. A lot of black people out there. You gonna be all right, Mike? Listen, listen, shh, listen. He's killing. And I'm looking at him like, why is he like this? I was new to comedy at the time. I'm like, why is he getting into this next comedian's head? I want my show to be flawless. Why are you fucking with this guy? Yo, Mike Vecchion goes on stage and kabloomy bombs, yo. Like, <laughs> Utterly fucking bombs. And I was like, yo, Patrice is ruining my show. Like, I don't want no bombs on my show. I want it to be a great show front to back. And then Patrice comes out and rips. And, like, years later,
0: uh,
1: oh, you can't say years ago. How do you say that? Years later. That's
0: the Well, no, you can't. You just have to move it's on. It's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I want to say years ago. It's the opposite. I mean, It was
1: years ago from now. And then I realized, like, that's just some shit comics do that I didn't know at the time. Comics just try to get in your head. They love watching you bomb. That's the that's the show to a comic. Doing stand up is the work. Watching someone bomb is your is the comics whoa, the whoa, other wait. comics show.
0: Well, I'm gonna give away one little piece from the doc because you didn't see it yet, so maybe you don't know this. Just give it away. He he it's used not a fucking to secret. Kevin Hart tells the story of how much Patrice used to fuck with him. Yeah. And it really sounds like Patrice just did not, like, A, he was busting his balls, and B, didn't think he was good at the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kevin, it's uh, it's interesting, actually. Kevin sort of speaks throughout his time talking about him really with a lot of reverence, but you could tell also, like, he did sort of hurt his feelings. Like, I think, I, you know, he it kind of talked about it in a way that was hard. Yeah. Um. He threw a at phone one, book at him. Did he say that? That's the, that's yeah. the story he tells. So we talked <laughs> oh about being, he was on stage at Boston Improv or whatever it was called. Boston Comedy Club. Boston Comedy Club. And <laughs> no one was there and no one was laughing. And Patrice and a couple other comics are in the back starting to make noise because this shit's so bad. And Patrice throws an entire phone book on the stage and yells out. Call someone, <laughs> pick anyone, call them, and ask them if this was a good idea. I mean that's it's not good. It's not good. That it's I mean, let's good. be honest. That's some harsh hazing. There's like that's that's how I would describe it. It's it's it's
1: bad. And um, you you could search online. You know, I want people to tell their personal favorite Patrice stories, but you could search online for people talking about Patrice. Bill Burr does many interviews talking about Patrice, how like they would be at the comedy cellar and Patrice would walk in and everybody would go, Oh, fuck. Like, one of us is gonna die tonight.
0: And and they talked about um the the way other comedians felt about him when he was doing um what was the show called? Tough Crowd? Yeah, Tough Crowd. And how comedians hated coming on the show because Patrice would take over every yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they show they show lots of clips from that. Yo, it's a really that's that's the thing I really enjoyed about it. It's an in-depth doc. Like they everything they talked about, basically, they then showed a yeah. good amount of it.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of clips on them, but oh, and anyway. man, I
0: didn't re- I didn't realize how much Boston that that generation it yeah, like is Boston. Yeah, the Boston. Comedy club, you mean? And and specifically comics from Boston,
1: but the Boston. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Dane Cook, Robert Kelly, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neal, Dane Cook, yeah, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. I mean that's a lot of Boston. Boston Had a yeah,
1: Boston had a uh Boston when you listen to those guys talk about they didn't have a great scene in Boston, they they were doing these um. There's I I always hear them talk about a a Chinese restaurant they used to do, and it was like getting murdered every day that's how they got so good because the crowd was like you fucking suck you suck and he's at the murder let's get to our first um, guest oh
0: i hear our first guest is so here let's bring guess. him right in bring him in Billy this guy, June. this guy's one of my good friends we perform together all the time we no no uh, no, no, no that's we've been in we've been we've been going to austin and no, no, that's my, t- that's my that's my story go on stage together. The two of us go on stage together. No, no, that's and my we, story. We that's tell my him, friend. we do a lot of like we do a lot of like racial jokes, make the crowd get kind of uncomfortable. Okay. And um, yeah, we've been moving around with Dave Chappelle a long no, time. That's my, my, good my friend, story. Will
2: Sylvans, everyone. Here he is. Will.
0: Yo, what's up,
2: yo? Rosenberg, now, Saffir Sounds.
1: Thank you, my brother. My Will Sylvans is my brother, but he's not. He's not. We don't get along. um, well we've done many zoom calls together i know for a fact you own a green screen yet you still decide to just show this nasty day room prison day room decor in your house (laughs) i know he has a green screen he's got the same one i got because the comedy seller
0: sent it to us
2: well is that true Uh, yes there's a little truth there's a little truth in there
0: <laughs> what about did they? Did, they didn't send you a microphone, though.
2: <laughs> they they didn't. How's this? How this? Uh, How I like that. I, I yes, guess. I like that.
0: Will. All right, listen.
1: We don't have a lot of time. We're telling personal Patrice stories now. Will. I love being on the road with Will or doing shows with Will because he drops Patrice gems all the time. He was flatmates with the good Patrice O'Neill for a while.
2: Oh, yeah, was, flat uh, roommates together. Flat. You caught me off guard with flatmates. I'm like, You're yeah, I'm like trying to be
1: uh, European.
2: Uh, we was roommates for like seven, eight years, I believe. Wow. 90, 98 till 2006. How much is there? Is there a mathematician on board?
0: No, no, that's fine. It's good what you said. I can't even do the math on that. That's too much. Wait, so how how did that come to be? How did you guys come to be um, roommates?
2: So I had I had a history of like a um, bad roommates, like maybe seven bad roommates. They're not even paying the rent. They're nasty as hell. Um, they they leave. They ghost me. Have you ever uh-huh. had a roommate ghost you? Mm-hmm. Just and, doesn't and show all up anymore. Stuff is there. They just leave. They just <laughs> never seen that. Wow. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. I I, I I never thought I would see that. And then uh-huh. you think like, oh, I can get their stuff. This is stuff you don't want. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Maybe that's why they ghost, cause cause of their stuff they had. <laughs> And so Patrice come along. So Patrice, uh, it, it was too late for him to catch the bus all the way to like somewhere way deep in Jersey. So I let him crash, right? We had a spare bedroom and I let him crash. It was a four bedroom apartment, um, two bathrooms, uh, uh, duplex. And so he stayed in one bedrooms and we lived, I lived so close to New York city, like 10 minutes by train seven minutes if you're driving, that's that's how close we live. huh Patrice mm-hmm. had to travel to his house by bus, train, skydive, and he had to skateboard. <laughs> right? It so was too much, never,
0: huh? It was too much.
2: It was too much. You know, he never lived this close. So he was it was like it was like he was like, oh wow, I could flex here. And so yeah, we got a spare bedroom. Uh I mean if you want to uh if you want to be a roommate, you know. Once he said, "Yeah," the friendship cut off. I'm like, "Cause I can't. You know, it's hard to be a business and a friend. Hard to be a parent and a and a friend. Hard to be a teacher and a friend. That makes sense?
1: Uh-huh. No, not at all. Nothing you ever say makes sense, Will.
2: So, so I, I'm like, I can't. Cause, cause the, the history of having these bad roommates is like, cause I, I, I guess I was friends with them, and then they step on you. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? If I'm, right. on, yes. if you gonna be my space and you have to pay me rent we can't be friends no more. So right. he moved in and um, for like many months, just like, yeah, you got the rent? Oh uh, yeah, you got the rent? I, I go in and close my door, no communication. And then Patrice was the best roommate I ever had. He was clean, he paid the rent on time. You know, that little space where you write, what, what's the check is for? He, he would write shit like, um, um, uh, hey, here's the rent and please don't talk to me. I'm like, why did we talk to you? <laughs> but he was being sarcastic. <laughs> right? And then um, and then one day he was like, he was like, yo, what's going on? And I said, yeah, man, you know, you know, you have been a good roommate. He said, yeah, um, I said, um, I just had bad roommates. He said, he said, you so you judged me before
1: <laughs>
2: before you allowed me to be a shitty roommate? You ain't shit. And then we became like close friends after that conversation. he gave me verbal ass whipping. Uh, so I it went nowhere, but that's all I have to say about that. What do you? What do you? Uh, you
0: guys were obviously so close that you probably think about a lot of things. But is there one main sort of situation or moment that you kind of replay a lot between the two of you?
1: This is a guy's a good interviewer. Listen to how he structures these questions.
0: <laughs> I know. Thank you.
1: He did his
2: research. Um, uh, I used to always show up late to shows. Right. I used to always show up late to like, cause black shows, they never start on time or urban shows. They never start on time. They say eight o'clock. And it's like nine o'clock. Siphon knows 10 o'clock. Right. <laughs> and so, and, and so, so I would like leave, like if the show starts at eight, I'll leave the house at eight, uh, seven 45 and Patrice, like what time is the show? Like 10? I said, no, no, no. It's at eight. He said, you just now leaving for an 8 o'clock show? I'm like, yeah, they're going to start later. Right? And so I had, we had a running joke where Patrice will leave super early for a show. He'll leave like hours ahead. So 5 o'clock, he'll get ready for an 8 o'clock show. He's leaving for an 8 o'clock show. So so he'll tell me, like, if I'm leaving the house at 7.30, he said, what time is the show? 7.35? If I see him getting ready at 5.00, <laughs> what time is the show? Tomorrow at 9? At <laughs> so one day, one day, Patrice see me getting ready at, like, six o'clock or seven o'clock right he said yo wait, six o'clock they got a six thirty show or something I said no 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 the show's at eight but this is a white show you know white clubs they, they start on time they don't play Patrice started to curse me I said Fuck those cracker shows you gonna get those you're gonna get those black shows Disrespect those black shows, but you show these crackers, love, fuck you, and fuck those cracker shows. You're gonna show a plate just like you do those black shows. And he wouldn't let me leave the house. <laughs> I'm like, Patrice, I gotta go. I don't give a fuck, you ain't going nowhere. You gonna show the same respect you show those black shows to these crack ass shows. Wow. I ended up leaving 7.30 to head out to Carolines. <laughs> I got there, I got there, as shit. <laughs> I get there like 8.20, I was late. And um, and the show started at eight o'clock, and then I, I and and I'm like Patrice, don't understand. He don't do a lot of urban shows, but then then it then then it started making sense. Like he's like he's right. Like just show up on time for everything. Yeah. You you are calm. You're not stressed. You're not freaking dodging traffic. And that's one of the like out of hundreds of things he taught me. Like that's one of the things that just be on time. Doesn't matter. And at least you could say that. Hey, at least I, I was here on time. That's the yeah, least I can say yeah. when you show up.
1: Yeah. Mm. and also you were disrespecting black people.
2: And disrespecting black wait,
1: people. Wait, tell you um, tell you uh your, your, the gift you got him one time.
2: Oh yeah. So uh one time <laughs> it was his birthday, and um you know, this this is like years later, you know. Patrice just made me feel like he always put me on a pedestal, he always, you know, bigging me up and all this shit. He took me on the road with him, and so for his birthday, I got him uh $1,200 uh, gift certificate at GameStop. And Patrice, was like, yo, dude, yo, you didn't have to. I'm like, dude, man, you do. You're like my my best friend. Like, dude, don't worry about it. I, if I could do more, I would do more. <laughs> and he was like, yo, yo, I said, look, you know what? When you go shopping, for, when you're going to go get the games, I'll come with you, you know what I'm saying? And, and blah, blah, blah. So it's the next day we head out to GameStop at the, at the mall. And, and this motherfucker, Got a shopping cart. I didn't know they had shopping carts at GameStop. <laughs> he's, t- he's taking all kinds. He's taking games he never even played. He's like, yo, I- it's a lot of money. I I gotta try out games I always want to try, but not- you know, I didn't want to buy it. So he's buying all these games. We get to the we get to the register. They take they take the thing, and they say, okay, all right, all right, sir. And with your with your gift certificate, your balance is. The gift certificate was for $100, but I wrote $1,200 on the the card. So she said that she looked at me like, (laughs) and then he pulled out his card and he paid it because the the cashier was hot. So he didn't want to look like he had no money. So he bought yo, all the games? Yo, That's he made amazing. He all that money. Yo, we laughed our asses <laughs> off when he got outside. He <laughs> said, yo, it's the best prank he ever had. And he wanted to do it to Rich Voss on his wedding, but he was afraid that Bonnie was going to get mad. <laughs> and then he wanted to be there to see the look on his face because you know that Rich Voss is cheap as shit.
0: <laughs> yo, that is amazing. Um, When he moved out, uh, when you guys stopped living together, where where did he go? Was he... He went,
2: like, he... maybe a mile away, not too far. He bought a house, like, a mile away from where we, where we was living at. Uh, he bought, like, a nice house, man. They had a backyard. It was like Patrice O'Neal, you know?
1: They tell and me... He... Will, Will told me that uh, Will, Will's the type of guy, he always got a lot of chicks around. Always. Got all these girlfriends, all the shows. Will always got some chicks around. So he said there would always be chicks in the crib, and Patrice would be, yo, you, what's going on with these girls? Said, no, they're just my friends. They're just my friends, and he would verbally abuse them. Like, why you got all these friends? Why you got so many friends? Like,
2: well, actually, Patrice, he he bigged me up for I, I provided them w- with the with the, the bulk of his girlfriends. And like, he said out of out of all the he said out of all the girls, ninety percent of girlfriends came from my friends. Wow. I would have a bunch of girls around and just friends and Patrice is like, you know, so he had, he like, So there's a thing I used to do, I used to cook food and invite friends over and we just have a chat. It's just friends, comedy and food. And Patrice fucking loved that. He, he liked it. So he started helping me cook. And then when he left, he started having his own barbecues at his, at his house. Like, you saying he
1: stole your idea? still in our
2: ideas. Wow.
1: Like,
0: wow. Yeah. Wait, so this that's interesting though because when, when Patrice did our show right before he passed, he said that his best run that he had with women was when he was like 28, 29, which if you do the math is sort of like the beginning around when you guys started living together. Was that when he was in his real run? Like he yeah. said he figured out the matrix with how to pull girls.
2: Yep. I watch I him watch like he he was just amazing to watch like we'll go to like um i remember we was at the at the deli the bodega and um there was a there was a girl in front of us right getting her shit patrice grabbed all his shit and put it on the on the register and tell told the the deli guy she got it and he just turned to me like nothing happened and, yeah so um you know Carol last night then the cellar and the girl was like she tried to see his face like do i know you and she said, and she told the deli guy, I don't know him. And she she's to tell the deli guy, she knows me. She's gonna pay for it. And he's turned right back to me like, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it was, it was Steve Keith, and, I. and she was like, sir. She tried to see his face. Yo, know, he has so much charm. I remember we was walking on the street, and then he, he told this just this random girl. He said, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am. And you could tell she didn't want to give. She won't give no. You know, she won't talk or nothing, ma'am. Um your face is a nine ten, but your ass is definitely a three. And kept on walking. <laughs> and, she, and, she, and she walked past us like, what? No, you crazy as hell. And look at look at this a, a three. And just and they would he just knew how to get these women to open and just start talking. You know, we we would catcall and nothing happened. But Patrice, Patrice catcalling always, nine out of ten times, get women to start talking. And I don't know, I, I you know.
1: Uh, that's amazing, man. Yeah.
0: Now, did well, you did you ever see him? Did you ever see him roast anyone?
2: He roasts me every that, every morning. <laughs> right?
0: Did but did you ever see him roast anyone else to the point that you were like, "This is bad, yo"? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard I did. to look
2: at. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying no names, but yeah, he he roasted someone at the at the comedy cellar. It's so, but the person asked for it. The person say, "Hey, what should I do? What's going on in my comedy?" And Patrice just like. Shit, somebody's at my door. Hold on a second.
1: Let's hang up on him. You want to just hang up? Let's hang
0: yeah, let's hang up on him. He's done.
1: <laughs> hang up <laughs> on him. Hang up on Billy, him, Billy. June.
0: Billy, remove Will. R- hurry up before he gets back. Hurry up.
1: <laughs> Billy, I'm serious. Remove him. Billy, take him off. Oh. Sorry,
2: guys. My, my-
1: what the fuck, Billy?
2: You see that? No, Billy, you had one get, job. Well, you got
1: Netflix. You still get the Netflix DVDs? No, they,
2: I'm, up, I'm done with SAG, and they send me movies and stuff. Oh, they, they, oh the I movies need those. showed up? Yeah.
1: Can you give me those? Which one you want? I don't know what they Hold are. Hold on. What but, are the movies oh. this
2: year? Oh, um, looked like is Sound of Metal. You guys seen that, Sound of Metal?
0: No. Nope, never heard of yeah, it.
2: This guy is, all right, all right, we'll forget that one. Uh, one Night in Miami. Do you see One oh, Night in
1: Miami? All right. I see
2: that.
0: Yo, why do they have to send DVDs of streaming shit? But keep going.
2: I know. I, I like. That's crazy. Like the, all the shit they to me. I'm like, I, it's on. It's on DVD. But then you know, it real really, pandemic. it really,
0: it really ruins the thrill of getting the DVDs when all the movies. Yo, is there anything worse that you th- you're you all excited because if you're in, if you're in the uh, SAG union, every year you get the movies to vote. So you, so you feel all cool. You're like, yo, I got the DVDs for everything that's in theaters right now. And yo, they're all streaming. It feels fact, like nothing but sometimes,
2: garbage. Sometimes you don't go to the theater because you're like, it's going to come in the mail. Yeah, don't worry. I got it. <laughs> i am watch it at home. Yeah. And now it's it means nothing. Mail. I'm good. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Why are you yo, in SAG, Will? Uh, I wrote for a couple of shows. Maybe that's okay. why. All right.
0: <laughs> Yost, right, are around you still
1: Will. in SAG? Mm, I don't know. You don't know. I don't get the. I don't get DVDs, so I guess not. So
2: then you, you be here right, for sure. But I did. But I did. I did. What? Why are we talking take about? Take time. Right. Take your time. Breathe. Well, breathe.
1: The, yo, you can't tell me about taking time with talking. You talk like a fucking three year old with fucking mashed potatoes in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Will Silvers. Me and Will Silvers are starting a project together called Talk Clearlier. Two comedians that butcher the English language. It's gonna be really fun
0: um hey will thanks for jumping on with us bud. Oh, thanks
2: for having me man patrice O'Neal, man check out his documentary check out his uh elephant in the room check out his uh, D- uh dvd mr p um and we did a show together i'm not sure you guys a podcast called the patrice o'neill show coming soon you guys ever seen that no they talk about I- it in the doc but i've never seen it how would oh, we yeah, ever I- see it if you said it's coming soon that was that's what the name of it was called but how would it? <laughs> but you said, "Have you come. seen
1: it?" You said, it "Have was you seen a, it?" Was but then you said, "It's coming show
2: soon." Show that would never happen.
1: I don't. What do you? I don't know what you're saying.
2: You're arguing right, right now, citing with Patrice because it was his idea. So, so I I'm only, not taking it personal. So you're actually we have arguing to, with a dead person. So God bless we you. We have to
1: talk to a lot of Patrice's friends, and I just got you on here first so that they can sleep a little longer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yo, guys, good to see y'all, man.
0: You too, Will. Later, man.
2: Thanks. Later, dude. There, right, he P- there he is. Leave, the great
0: Will. Will Press Will leave, let Press leave. Oh, Billy God. June, you do know how to use the button. <laughs> no, that was Will. Yo, oh, you think no. so? No, I didn't.
1: Why didn't you do it before when we said to do it?
0: I couldn't tell if you were joking or not, if it was a bit. <laughs> he said, even, yo, I'm even, serious.
1: Even if it was a bit, do the bit so that it's funny, Will. I mean, uh, Billy, which is also Will, I guess. Is your name William? No, that's your dad's name. Your name's name's not even Billy. Yeah, I I always forget your name's Dan. Fuck off, Dan. Your name's not Dan, it's Billy June. (laughs) I love how, I love how, I don't know how Billy June is in my comedy life, but I see him around all the time. And people call him (laughs) Billy June like it's his real name. And they don't know it's a straight sunning, it's a straight sunning name. Like, your nickname is us sunning you for years and years, and now it's your fucking name.
0: Yo, and you really, for a second, after all these years went, and I was with you, I was like, oh, wait, that's really true. His name's also Will. I thought the same thing. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. We made up that that's his name. His
1: his father, Billy Seen, worked at... (laughs) At Hot ninety at at uh, Kiss FM across the across the hall from Hot ninety seven, and we didn't even want to know his fucking name. He was just Billy's son, so we just called him Billy June. He's not even a junior. It's not even his name. It's not his name. He's not a junior. But the the, the thing he spells it J U N E, Billy June, but it's it's supposed to be Billy Junior.
0: It's exactly, but it's Billy June. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. That really tickled me because I, for a second, really was like, oh, yeah, his name is William. That makes sense.
1: Will Silvins, good friend of mine. Um, no, He's he's more than a good friend. He tells so many great. He, he will be on the road. And he'll tell great Patrice stories of how, like, Patrice really took to um, uh, pimping. You know what I'm saying? Like reading, like, Iceberg Slim books and all this pimping culture. And what he tried to do was he tried to treat. The audience like they were the the hoes and he was the pimp and he was pimping the audience you know what i mean like that's how he was approaching comedy
0: they talked about that in the doc that like he almost got over the top obsessed with the pimp
1: yeah yeah he thing. was he, he was he was obsessed with how like how the pimp could it's not just it's always looked at bad about like you know how he talked bad about women but it was more about like human nature you know what i'm saying it was human nature. It was behavior. He was like a behavior analyst.
0: I think there, I think that's a behavioralist.
1: I don't know. I watch I watch um, uh, Criminal Minds, and it's definitely behavior analyst unit. Really? Yeah, they're at the BAU. How do you?
0: How, how many of those shows do you watch? Oh man, I on some shit right now. Well, how have you how, seen what do you Pluto watch?
1: TV? No. Pluto TV is an app, and they show, like, a lot of old shows. Like, old comedy shows, old classic TV, crime shows. There's, like, a Cops channel. There's, like, a Golden Girls channel, a Wings channel. They just play these shits nonstop. So right now I'm on Macmillan and Wife and Mission Impossible.
0: And how are they? Fantastic. It's so interesting, like... It's good Laura,
1: background stuff.
0: Laura loves SVU. Right. I never, like, it's not like I think they're, no, you know what? I think I do think they're terrible. Do you? Can like, you I don't like You it. don't watch any of like those type stupid. of shows?
1: Any procedural nah, not,
0: cop shows? No, the ones that are, like, filled with sort of, like, whatever actors, but they're on a big network and it does well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I don't know. I don't think they're that good. I just don't enter. They don't entertain me. I mean, listen, if you were to try to get through an episode of Monday Night Raw, you'd kill yourself. Yeah. Then again, these yeah. days, some wrestling fans would agree with you. The point is, we all have different tastes, but that just doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. I'll tell no, you what no, I do fine. watch, though. We I'm gonna you tell watch. you something I've learned recently. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you know what Jews love? Yeah.
1: I can't say it though. I'll get canceled.
0: Hitler content. Really? I, oh, yeah. You, we can't turn away from it. There's, There's a lot of
1: Hitler. Like, anytime you're changing your channels, like Discovery, History Channel, they all have, like, Hitler's bunker. I dare
0: you. I dare you to search for the word Hitler in one of your, like, apps, like Roku. Yeah. Yo, it's 90 things that come up.
1: Yeah, a lot of shit.
0: And I've recently been watching one that was on, like, some History Channel called, like, AHC or something. Not the main one. It's like a, a different, a History Channel. You have to pay for. Uh-huh. But Dipperstein, my agent, is so into these World War II shows that he has the channel. So I got his code, and I watched this uh, Hitler six-part series. Yo, I got to tell you something. Like, the advertising was not false. Hitler was a pretty bad guy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that uh, I don't think anyone thought maybe there was a discrepancy there.
0: Well, at the beginning. At the beginning, Saif, so I'm watching the early years. Mm-hmm. And I was well, like years so ago. far. Years ago. Yeah, for we're talking no, we're talking really years yeah, ago. Years ago. Like the twenties. Yeah. And I'm watching the beginning and I'm like, okay, you know, he doesn't seem like a great guy, but let's see where this thing goes. <laughs> and as time went on and it gets to the thirties and forties, I gotta tell you, I was like, oh, yup. That's the guy. That's the guy I heard about. Yo, the amount of um, the amount of like little character similarities between him and Trump.
1: Oh, uh, little.
0: Phew, yeah, not little. I think it's a lot. Yo, he made up. He made up b- basically being a war hero. Right. He was not a war hero. Yeah, he was in World War One. <laughs> yeah, and he and he got one promotion. Right. And even at the time, people were like, we're not exactly sure why he got a promotion. Yeah. And then after he got that promotion, he never was promoted again. He stayed in that position forever. And that was it. But he got like one of their medals of freedom <clears throat> or, you know, one of their war, whatever, the German war medal. And he wore it for the rest of his life. Mm. It was like this. And then it gets into the women's stuff. Yo, man. Well,
1: look, I just want to say congratulations to, I don't even know to say who, whoever put that documentary together, um, and, I'm and, happy. And shouts,
0: shouts to Von DiCarlo, too.
1: Yeah, Vaughn, of course. They Vaughn tried to do a different documentary before that, and I heard a lot of the footage she shot made it into that documentary. I don't know if I, was I in it? No. I wasn't in it at all.
0: No. Not at all. Hold on one second, let me think again, hold on.
1: Yeah, think about think Think back if I was in it. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having. I'm going. This 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 quarantine time. This lockdown time. This spending time at home, in the basement, man. It's starting to. It's starting to eat away at my brain, man. It's starting to eat away. I'm getting a but little Saif, nervous. You're
0: not even. But you're like. You always talk about how bad quarantine is, and relative to most people, you've been a globe trotter. No, not it's not as much, man. I know it
1: looks that way. It looks that way, but it's not as much as you think. Yes, I have been done a couple things, but
0: now here's I mean, yes, the thing. You, yes, yes. Are yes, you are no you maybe me. are you maybe looking at this the wrong way? Like there are a lot Go of people on. who traveled so much and Go they were on. like, yo, it was nice to not have the option because I was able to spend so much time at home.
3: No. Fuck Ma-
1: that. Maybe First you're all, looking
0: at it the wrong way.
1: You see this sweatshirt?
0: Yeah, I saw it earlier too. Swisher, Swisher House.
1: House, Swisher House, Texas, Houston, baby. Yeah. I was in Houston, and Bun B was at the show. Okay. And uh, Trey, Trey the Truth, who's doing yeah, amazing jobs in in uh, Texas right now, helping out. Yo, that guy, he's a fucking that guy's a saint, man. It,
0: he's a yeah, he's a man of the community. The shit he
1: does to, to help people is 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 phenomenal. Um, but he was there. Paul Wall I still didn't get my grills Paul Wall I mean you're
0: probably busy now all right okay yeah but go ahead what's the point of this
1: Bun B I said damn Bun, how you handling this this quarantine this lockdown he goes I love it (laughs) he goes I'm staying home I watch Parks and Rec and The Office every day I'm having a fantastic time I'm like wow you're handling it way better than me way better
0: um, and I know a lot of people who felt that way though, who just felt like they missed out on so much at home before, and now they get to have it. I mean, you're not like me, who when quarantine started was divorced and alone, sitting in the epicenter, stuck in an apartment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you see know, you I You know, you had a family.
0: You're saying, correct? Family.
1: Yeah, but you know, fuck them kids, yo. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, I hear you. I hear you. I fuck them kids, man. Like, yo. By the way, this is a good opportunity to mention something that's deeply personal and troubling, but also inherently funny. Okay. It's funny, going through the divorce, The it's amazing how many people try to say the right thing, and in trying to say the right thing, say literally the worst yeah. thing you could possibly say.
3: That's rough. And,
0: and you can't even get mad because they're trying to help. And I'll give you the one example, and we'll bring on our next guest, uh, Dante Nero. I would go out. Mm-hmm. miserable right. sad lonely am i ever gonna have a family yeah what's what's happened all my friends have families i wanted a family already yep. yeah you know that i and and i'm out and about and i'm and people go how you doing i go actually i i got divorced it's they're like and they go oh my god no way seriously yeah you know blah blah, blah. okay cool they go yo psh, look at the bright side <laughs> at least you don't have kids Oh. Oh. Have you ever considered no. have you ever considered that maybe the saddest thing in all of this yeah. is that we didn't have kids? No, but that but that they're saying I know it, that's
1: not what they mean. Yeah, that's rough though. But they're saying it like at least you don't have the drama of splitting the kids. But yeah, that's yeah, that's rough.
0: And so for me I'm like, oh, you mean at least I didn't have the assurance that we would like eventually be friends and, and have kids together. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, way, yeah. I don't have this way One day, maybe we'll never know each other at all. And also, you know, maybe I'll never have kids. Like, they're not thinking through the whole thing. They're just thinking about the stories they've heard about divorce. You
1: got to leave that alone,
0: man. Or how about this one? Oh, man, divorce, huh? Yeah. It's like a death. And I'm like, well, no, (laughs) no. I've been through that, too. It's like a death. They, yo, that. Seif, that's a regular thing well you know the relationship died i'm like wow. no, no no you have to understand me and my ex have been through serious trauma it's not she she's living in midtown yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, okay yeah it's not like a death anyways i say all of this to say if you know anyone who's going through something really traumatic and you think you have an idea of the perfect thing to say to make them feel better unless you've been through it yourself even, you probably don't know the thing to say.
3: Yeah, even that, Just man, do what
0: Saif did and kind of look off awkwardly and hope <laughs> the conversation goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do
1: that. Shut the fuck up, Yo, man.
0: And Saif had to see me. Saif and I took a meeting when I was literally like this in the meeting. <laughs> you know you know who I should have called during that time? Who Yo, probably no given bullshit. Me a,
1: no cap. A whole cap. different,
0: a whole no different perspective. No cap is if i just said i need to talk to a motherfucker who's big and has fucking crazy rings and earrings and yeah. knows a lot about the world dante <laughs> I'm nero
3: bitches dante In- <laughs> nero man what up dante what up what's going on baby how you been man good man how you been it's good to see you bro good to see you come congratulations on all your success uh we I haven't seen you since we did that bullshit with sharad Yo, man. that pilot?
0: Yes Yo, it's crazy It's crazy Syph and I were just saying Because uh, uh, God rest his soul Dave Kimowitz That's how that whole thing came together Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that That's crazy Dave, Dave was trying that's to make it, make that thing happen That was the last time we hung out That was sife you know what? That was years ago Probably years ago Yeah, yeah Years ago Six, seven, something like that yeah, man, look it was at dope. You. You, it was dope. you. You're like in a professional studio. You look like you're a CNN correspondent.
3: Dog, but when you did my um, you did my podcast. I had the studio built in the house. Remember you came to the crib? Who me? No. Oh, Rosemary. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Pete.
1: Oh, you went to Brooklyn? Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. This. I just. I just redid it. You just let me. <laughs> Let me see, cause you know I got the remote control. Oh remote, wow,
1: right wow! Oh, look at this wow. 360 camera! Wow, wow!
0: Oh my, what the an bar! What an upgrade from Will Sylvans' disgusting house. This is. <laughs> <laughs> this the the bar the sky full bar. I like that you have WD forty near the alcohol.
3: <laughs> uh, you gotta, you know, you never know what you want to drink today. You know what I mean? Uh. Wow. We got the surround joint. Now, that how do you nice. think our audio
0: audience is enjoying the vir- virtual tour of
3: your studio? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we was on yet. <laughs> yeah, we're
1: on, baby. This is live and direct.
3: All right, cool,
1: cool. Yo, let me tell you something, cool. man. This guy right here, I fucking love this guy, man. Dante Nero is, is, is... I didn't know was my fucking man like that. This is my man right here, man. And... Always always been cool with him, but he's been helping me out with some things lately. And this guy right yeah, here, yeah, please, yeah. please, man, he's he's a brother of the podcast. Go check out his show, The Man Show. I mean, um, Man School 202. 202. An amazing yeah. podcast where you will get your mind right. Get your mind right.
3: Hey, Pete, it's like I remember call, one time I called in, when you was on with Ebro, mm-hmm. and I was spitting game on it, and they was like, "Ah, get out of here, get out!" I was like, "Dog, you, you, you don't understand, dog. I'm, I've been doing this a long
0: time." It dog. takes. It ta- Listen, let us be honest. You know, understanding the Dante Nero philosophies, and even you know some of the Patrice philosophies that he was big on yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end. Um, they're they're on the surface. It can be very abrasive when you first hear the things you guys are spitting. But when you yeah. dig deeper, yeah. when you dig deeper, yeah. there's something there.
1: I've been talking to Dante yeah. a lot lately, and here's what I noticed. Here's what I've been tell- trying to coach him, because he's coaching me on some stuff. So I try to coach him. Philosophies, theories, education, all 100% A-plus solid material. It's delivered with this Brooklyn arrogance that just turns you <laughs> off,
3: nah, son, you just gotta tell them bitches to shut the fuck up. No, well, wait a minute, that. it ain't that. I, I did it, so I've been doing consultations. Right, I had a dude call me last night. Got his wife. Him and his wife fell off. He got a side joint. The side, it's real complicated. The side joint was with it. Was married. They broke up. She put a GPS on his car. (laughs) They, three years, they split up. He's trying to get back with her. Right. And, uh, and he goes, you know, I I don't know. So he calls me up. He's like, yo, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, dog, what are the, what are the, what are the, the the options on the table? He's like, well, my, my side joint left me and my wife is, I go, so I don't know what you're calling me for. You, 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 your options is to move on. You ain't got, you can't appraise a house for what it's worth 10 years from now or 10 years ago. You got to appraise it for what it's worth right now. Right now. So, like, what you can't, you know, it don't matter what it's going to, so do I think a lot of times dudes be in relationships and they be on that where, yo, what could it be? You got to make the decision about what it is right now because if it never changes Yo, then what? I'm not even kidding. If I had gone
0: to Dante when no, my I'm, marriage blew up. Bro, I'm telling I'm you. I'm not saying I'm not saying I could have handled I, I in fact I'll say I probably could not have handled what his right. suggestions would have been. But you probably would have led me on the path that would have potentially led in to a different
1: outcome. He puts it in yes. perspective, man.
3: Did you? Did you? You still with your wife or not? No, no, no we no, no, about That no. Yeah. Oh, I definitely could have fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> See,
0: <laughs> and I, 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 I did literally. I don't want to go into all the details, but I'll just say, if I were to tell you off air, Dante, what my approach was, you would have your <laughs> well, head in no, your hands. No. And be like, bro, you did it, what did it did totally wrong. Totally, wrong. I did it totally wrong. Now I did it I was... in a way that was moral, morally a plus. I I, I did right by right the, the situation. What the situation required, I, I thought
3: I did the moral right thing. But here's the thing: but you in...
1: didn't do right by you. Yeah, you didn't do right by yeah. you yourself. That's what.
3: That's what happens if you don't put yourself first. Who's gonna do it? So if you if you stepping up into a situation and you're because here's the difference about men and women like my my manhood is attached to my my ability to provide right that that's so I'm not a good man if I have a family and I'm not providing right so in any situation where that's the case where where my manhood is attached to the provide. um, If I don't put myself first even in the context of my own happiness i'm going to take care of my family because how how am i how am i a good man if my family can't eat mm-hmm. you know what i mean or, or or my kids don't go to good schools or whatever whatever it is so you got to put yourself first because if you're a righteous dude you know part of taking your fam taking care of your family is part of your righteousness so if you put her first which she's already included with you being happy with yourself, you will get nothing. Mm-hmm. You will have nothing. You will just, you will constantly be in a situation where you you're contorting and twisting and, and, you know, people, you know, I, I you know, I get, cause I'm harsh. I get, I'm harsh, but what, do, what do all women want? A man? More. Oh, more, <laughs> no, more, more,
1: more. <laughs> if they
3: got a man, they want more of him If they got time from them, they want more time. If he's sensitive, they want him more sensitive. And then a woman a woman falls in love with you for everything that you are. She spends the rest of the relationship changing you to into everything you're not. Then when she, <laughs> she succeeds, she dumps you for a guy who is what you were in the first place. Oh, God. If you, if you, change, <laughs> if you change who you are, that's why she fuck with you. She fuck with you because now, of who you are. Now here, and then you start changing.
1: Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, because this, listen to me, I'm on the phone with this guy sometimes for hours <laughs> going into all this. Here's the thing. The reason why I have Dante on here is because he has he now has this great show called Man School 202. W- or before that was called the Beige Phillips Show.
3: It's the same show. It's the same, same extension show. of what of course. me and Patrice had was the Black Phillips show. You go back
1: to You go back. I've been every chance I get, if I go for a run, if I just need something to listen to in the background, I just go on YouTube and type in Patrice O'Neill. You'll get a lot of O interviews. Yep. Uh the a interviews turned into him doing the show called the Black Phillips Show. The show's a mess. As a broadcaster, as a as a former broadcaster, disgraced broadcaster Disgra- now. A
0: disgraced broadcaster, right? Rosenberg,
1: as a broadcaster, yeah. you will listen to the show and it will you will cringe of how awful it is broadcast-wise. They're doing all the things yeah. you're not supposed to do, talking to the producer about shit, whatever. <laughs> but the gems, the uncut gems in there are phenomenal. Now, what I've been talking to Dante about a lot lately is that Patrice was very angry back then. So a lot of the gems are yeah. covered with anger and, and and contempt, but they're still gems. And then yeah. you listen on the show and you hear Dante, who was on the back, who was, uh, you know, co-host, you know, drop some points of reason, drop some knowledge, drop other gems. And then you see how it evolved into what he is today. I mean, he already was that, but what the show is now. Yeah.
3: Well, what happened was so Patrice was a dude who he was like a biggie. Like he was he got chicks because he was charismatic. Yeah. Right. But he was still angry because he was a 400 pound dude who wasn't the, 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 the you know, the, the image of what women think. Oh, I want to. Just like you know, people talk about how charming biggie was, right. right? But I was never like I was a light-skinned dude in the 80s. I was loved. Yeah. Like it was like you know what I'm <laughs> saying? I was I had a I had a I took a, a photo shoot where I did the I did the sideways Albie Shaw. Sure. I had the Albie <laughs> Shaw sure album was my was my headshot with acid wash jeans and, you know, so it, I didn't have that anger that he had from the rejection. Mm. And the, But the he got a lot of the...
0: girls so like But that's but that see now see now you get into a deeper conversation that I've spent a lot of time on figuring out my issues about that even if you have a a beautiful wife or if you bagged a lot of chicks mm-hmm. some of those initial initial rejections they change yeah. you in a way yeah. you you could never undo. You can yeah. learn ways, as I'm sure Dante could teach you, to overcome yeah, them. But it's built yeah, yeah. into who you are. Like it's literally, literally, what he's helping with
1: helping me with now It's literally that. that.
0: Well, that I I I learned. I really pinpointed my psyche, yeah. the problems I have that ended up really costing me in a big way. Yeah, went all the way back. To when I was in seventh grade, right? Mm, you broke and it down like that. In seventh grade, I wanted to kiss a girl. I hadn't kissed a girl yet, right? <laughs> and and the right, cool, right. and some of my cooler friends had. Um, I didn't end up kissing a girl until ninth grade, right? And right. and then, in eighth grade, I had a, a good friend, and we had two girlfriends, and the four of us were like a little crew. My friend, who had the shaggy blonde hair, he didn't talk as much. You know, right, I was right. the he, funny he, neck. He, he, he hooked up with both of them. Mm. I hooked up right, with right. neither of them. Mm. Right. And I wanted and I loved both of them. Yeah, yeah. Even though a year later, one of them became my girlfriend for six years. Right. It's never fixed. Didn't matter. It never the fixed negative. what happened at the wow. beginning. Wow. Wow.
3: Well, I tell you, I tell you what happens. I I did it. did it. So I do the consultations pretty frequently. I did a consultation with a dude that got a consultation for his girls. Girl was twenty four years old. She kept cheating on him, right? She loved him. He loved her, but she, so naturally she was she was you know stripper the whole nine, right? And every once in a while she would hook up with girls. She would hook up with guys. She would you know, and he would he would be like. Crying. And, I, and he so he said, yo, would you do a couples thing? And I says, so the first thing I asked, I says, yo, um, have you ever, you know, have you ever been molested? She goes, yes. Uh, I go, when were you molested? First time, she said, like, I was like 11, right? So... I said to her so this happens a lot of times this, this this enables that that kind of promiscuity in the future because as a kid you're an you're you're, you're innocent right intimacy is supposed to be an, a, a a wholesome thing and some older person molests you what they do is they make that 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 thing that's supposed to be pure and innocent the intimacy and they make it toxic So now it's poison, but you're only 11 years old. And all you have is the faculties of an 11 year old to, to kind of, to move forward. You're not going to die. So you got to learn to cope. So you're coping with this at 11. So what do you do? You go, well, if intimacy is so painful, what I will do is I'll have a lot of sex and it'll dilute the intimacy. I'm always like, yo, I just do what I want to do. It's that free spirit, but that's not what it is. It's the difference in taking a, a a eyedropper full of arsenic and putting it in a shot glass and drinking it and taking an eye full of 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 arsenic and dripping it in a pool it just does it 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 hurts less Mm. because you're diluting it Mm. so she was diluting the pain that she had at 11 Mm. with multiple sexual partners free love all of this stuff but it was also because she didn't you know because she blamed herself the difference is When you're 25, you've learned a lot of things you've had different if and even when you're 40, like because people are this till they're 40, 50. Yeah. And but you have all of that, that experience that you had in that moment and you're not using it to reinterpret the solution to your pain. Mm. So you're still that 11 year old kid dealing with this this molestation Jeez. and you're dealing with it in a way that an 11 year old would do it even though you're a 45 year old man or or 45 year and you still sucking dick in the bathroom and no, all you know what i'm saying you're still wilding because you're trying to you're still what you how you learn to cope it was an 11 year old so i'm on the phone with her and i say i said hold on one second she goes, uh, I said, I got a call on the other line, I get on the line, I come back. I said, yo, I just got this new agent. I'm really excited about it. I go, um, uh, he's 11 and she goes, what? I go, I got a new <laughs> a new talent agent. It's 11, she's 11, right? She's. what are you talking? I go, see how stupid that sounds that I would let an 11 year old control my career. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I said, but you letting an 11 year old, you version of you, control your life from the same perspective that happened when the, when, the, when the tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. And I go, and that tragedy is never, you're never gonna be 11 again. You're never gonna have somebody take it advantage. I'm not saying you're not gonna have other pain. I'm not saying you can't have other, but I'm saying it's never gonna be this situation where you're this 11 year old innocent kid because it's gone. You've moved past that, but you're still worrying about the trauma that you had in the first place, and you're you're coping with it from an 11-year-old perspective. So then, what's the next step in a situation like that? How do you then
0: advise someone? Because a trauma like that is so deep. How do you then, even if okay, obviously the first step is getting that understanding. But then after you get that understanding, what do you do to not act on what now has probably become addictive (laughs) behavior? that that soothes in in the way all addictions do
3: so here's the 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 scope of it is to go you you it's a ha- it's habitual right so i gave this thing to 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 um to Sife, some of the things he was doing i used to spin around three times right <laughs> slap the floor and say ardvark 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 sound crazy right <laughs> but what it does is that trend of thinking it stops. It's ridiculous. It's something absurd and ridiculous to do. So, when soon as you get in that trend of thinking that that well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a I'm gonna do this, you know, you know when it's wrong. You know that you have the behavior because you recognize what the behavior. All you need to do is stop the behavior. And and I would do this thing like slap the floor, aavark Avark, and spin around three times. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? But what it became was it was a way to interrupt that habitual thinking. Then I could redirect it. Once, after a while, I didn't have to do the arvarg arvarg. I didn't have to. It, it just was automatic and I knew. But initially, I needed something to redirect my thinking because it's it's it becomes so habitual,
0: you know. So in her case, that would have to be like once she meets the dude in the club, who starts making her get those feelings. He's looking at her in a right. way that's triggering it all. She would need or to walk she's away. Feeling she starts getting right. the high she, from she, it once she starts right, she needs right. to stop it
3: immediately right. immediately Immedi- so i was a scary kid i was a real scary kid my dad was like overprotective and so i was afraid to go out i was afraid to da- ask girls to dance and i got tired of i got tired of being afraid so i was like i was like 13 and i was like trying to identify where the fear is coming from and the fear comes from the fear comes from when the opportunity is presented And how long it takes for you to access it. So say, for instance, I went into a party. I went to some party, some school party. I walk in. I see a girl that I wanted to talk to. But I would like, you know, we would hang with our boys, have my bubble goose on, my eight ball jacket we in the back. (laughs) Now, what is happening? The fear is starting to build. building, building. The longer I take to go talk to her, the more difficult it is. It even even kind of relates to, you remember the the thing from school, inertia. Things at rest tend to stay at rest. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. So this is how universal and cosmic the truth is. It even relates to a physical perspective. If you have a weight and you, if you have a rock and you sit it in the sand, the longer it sits in the sand, the harder it is to move it. Whereas when you drop the rock, if you push it while it's moving, it keeps moving. Mm-hmm. The problem is the more you wait to access the opportunity, the more that rock sits in the sand and you can't move it. So you got to move it immediately. So I would walk in the party, see a chick that I thought was cute, and I would run over to her and go, yo, you want to dance? And she would go... Yeah, of course. First of all, she would say yes, because I was so confident and aggressive, which wasn't aggressive. I was running from my fear. But she would say yes. And then I would go, "Okay, let me go put my coat down. Yeah, I was going to say I heard I I heard this before. He
1: still had his coat on.
3: I I would have my sheepskin on and my sheepskin gloves and I would be like, "Yo, let me go let me go put this down but i did i, I accessed the opportunity immediate, immediately and then it never gave my brain the opportunity to build fear build fear until until it becomes paralyzing so that change has to happen as soon as the opportunity and when you and then once you once you start to practice it it just becomes natural you know what i mean it, it becomes habitual just like the pain becomes habitual see this this right here
1: this is man school 202 right now I was listening to an episode of the Black Phillips show, and Patrice got into an argument with a girl, and he and she was like, I, "Why am I answering all these questions? Why you don't answer no questions?" And he told a story about the greatest threesome he ever had, and right. and in the story, I, I'm listening to this highly sexual story about Patrice O'Neill right. and his girl and a threesome. Da 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 da. Where it gets to the end of the story, and the the girls stayed over, and they're having breakfast in the morning, and he goes. Hey bitch, you was molested, huh? And I'm like, God damn, like yeah, yeah. came to all but it's the same lesson. Like she was yeah, acting yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, the girl said, Yeah, I was molested. I don't like to be,
0: I don't so, like. So you're so Dante has has sort of smoothed this into um a little not I won't call it traditional, like therapy, but, but there's bro, a little bit yeah. more. A little it's, bit more of a, a, a coat of professionalism. Age. It's
3: cognitive. It is cog- It it's is cognitive. cognitive therapy. But you know, I I I ran an escort service for six Hello. years. Hello. So so the manipulation was part of it, and then I was a male stripper for ten.
0: Uh, that's my favorite so part of the story.
3: So I had it. A- <laughs> <laughs> so I had a I had a, I had to understand attraction first. But attraction just kind of gets you in the door. Understanding the dynamics of it is when you when you run running an escort service and it's 12 girls. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's something that happened. And I, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am today. But you're you're managing you're managing 10, 12 relationships. You so the only way you could do that is by listening. You gotta shut the fuck up and listen. What'd you important say? question. Important. What'd you
1: question. Say? What was that? What'd you say?
0: Yeah, I missed that too. You gotta listen. Uh, important question. <laughs> That's
3: my favorite you, joke.
0: How unrealistic are the dancing bear porn? Not videos? at
3: all. No, I mean, look, you could tell there's plants, but that definitely went Wait, down. Wait, what is that, that? Well hold on. I had a
0: that happened. You're saying there were times when you were dancing for a bachelorette party.
3: And Dog, they, I had a, I had this, I have an episode on my podcast called the uh, uh, the Dirty uh, Baker's Dozen, right? It was thirteen chicks that I was supposed to do a show at the Kennedy Inn. If you remember, remember the Kennedy Inn over by the airport, no, right? No, it was, I it don't used remember that. New, used to be, used to be the new Jade East. Remember the new Jade no, East? No, Dante, oh. I wasn't in any of this world. <laughs> no, no one knows these <laughs> shitty
0: motels by the airport. But go ahead. <laughs>
3: So they hired me to come in and do a show for this girl's birthday. <laughs> it was 13 chicks. I could smell it was like, you know, it was at a su- in a suite in the hotel. So I called two of my boys up, Georgie Porgy, and Yum. Did you just zoom
1: in? Go, did Yo. you just zoom in <laughs> on yourself for, for uh, the effect? Yeah, I was, like, trying for to, the
3: effect. I was trying to I was trying to uh <laughs> wait Saife, Syfe. Saife, did
0: you hear what he said his friends' names were? <laughs> <laughs> no. Georgie Porgy
3: and Yum Yum. <laughs> It was Georgie and Young. All right, okay, keep go going. Ahead. Go ahead. So I love I call him up. I'm like, Bong, you gotta um <laughs> yo. I think there's I got this show I gotta do. It's a Sunday night. I'm like, yo, I think some shit's gonna jump off. I just had a feeling the setup was whatever. So they like, all right, I'll come. So we're driving there, and I'm telling them, like, they've never had a threesome before, much less a crazy orgy, right? Um, and uh <laughs> they're going. <laughs> that i'm so i'm driving there and i'm saying listen if this jumps off everybody gets fucked do you understand you can't you gotta fuck the fat girl you gotta fuck the ugly girl everybody gotta get fucked i said because there's an energy there's a sexual energy that's moving forward if there's a break in that energy everything goes to shit i said so you got everybody i don't you can't just go for the cutie the the, you want to, you got to, everybody got to get smashed. Wow. It's three of us. It's 13 of them. Right. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm still yelling this the whole time. So I go and we go in the girls, are dre- you know, they're just in regular clothes and they go, um, well y'all could change in the suite next door. I said, well, I got two of my boys. You, if y'all could tip them, let them, you know, let them rock. It's going to take me time to put my headdress on and all because I was I was Prince Mandingo, so I had the ill.
0: <laughs> I can't. I I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. But keep going. Keep
3: doing? going. Okay. What are do we keep doing? Going. So I tell. I say, Yo, yum yum, go out there. He used to wear the construction shit. Go out, do your whole act. Don't break. Don't start fucking. Don't nothing. Do your whole act, which is the foreplay, right? He was a like a breast dude. He comes out now. When we, when he comes out and I go put the this is how the oldest is. I put the tape cassette in, right? <laughs> I hit play and put it on auto reverse. And uh, Jum Yum starts. He does a turn, this, a pop, and he sees this girl with 44 triple E titties. Mm, mm. And they're now, when we come back, that's in, the they're real all Yum Yum. L- they're, they're all dressed in lingerie, like fishnet, crotchless fishnet bodysuits. Die high, so the whole crew of them, even the threes, they got on a house coat or whatever, you know, short, whatever. but still, but still it's just ass all over the place. Yum Yum does the species, sees the girls with the titties. He rushes to her. He starts sucking on her titties and sucking on her titties. Sucking on. Her. she's like, oh, you got the right. But he keeps sucking on the music is playing. And I'm jumping in the back like I'm in the back like Newt Rockley, like. Yo, I told this motherfucker do the whole show. You gotta do the whole show. I'm like Georgia, you go out there. I'm gonna turn this music on. Go and do your whole show. He comes out, bam, He sees the baddest chick in the joint. He, you know, his G string's like a TP tent. He will He starts. He starts fucking. Oh, <laughs> now, but see what you you gotta get that whole energy. You that you whole, energy, whole energy gotta. Right, yeah. gotta so I go out, do my whole, I do three records. I'm spinning, rolling. I used to flip, stand on my head, dropping in this girl's lap, grab this girl's titty. I'm, I'm just heating it up. The lights go out, Bang! Everybody starts fucking, right? But I'm crawling over bodies. I get, I don't even know, it's dark. I grab one, boom, boom, boom. I hit a couple pumps, roll over. I go hit somebody else. Georgie is still with the cutest chick. Yum Yum is still sucking on titties. It's still going, it's just me. Everybody's thinned out on me, right? I look over, I'm crawling over bodies, a boom, boom, pump, this going on. So soon enough, two of the girls that I had actually, you know, smashed a little bit, maybe not the most attractive, one of them gets up and goes in the bathroom. She goes in the bathroom, I could see the light underneath the bathroom door then another one goes in the bathroom and now they in there like, you know, I didn't come here for this. I, I don't know. These bitches as wild. They start yapping. Now, mind you, I fucked both of them already. Right. But it's just I have to say, it's just not even at 20 years old. It just wasn't enough Mandingo for 13 chicks. I didn't have enough and I had no help. I'm only a man. Sife, I'm only a man, <laughs> a
1: Mandingo, apparently,
3: <laughs> but only a man still was Another one goes in to talk. They third one goes in. You can hear the talk, and everybody gets uncomfortable. Boom! The lights come on. The whole thing shuts down. We going home. Uh, now, yum yum, still sucking this girl's titty. Still, this is still going on, right? I get it. We get in the car. We leave. We get in the car. I get my money because I'm all, I'm still getting paid. Fuck that. Of course. I did my whole show. I'm getting paid. So I, I we get in the car and I'm screaming. I said, didn't I tell y'all? Everybody gotta get fucked. I told you five times. I'm screaming at them all the Molinari. Everybody, get, you just don't like you had. There's an energy of, but understanding that energy. But I was going through that at 20, when Patrice was not getting laid as a as a fat kid. You know what I'm saying? Right, like getting right. turned down because he was wasn't the. And so I didn't have that anger. I never had that anger. Like when I started doing comedy in 2000, I had already I had been a male stripper for for for, for ten years. I was a pimp for six. Like, I came in with... So he wasn't teaching me stuff. I mean, not to say he wasn't a smart dude because he was a very logical dude and truthful and you could just... He really used the Socratic method in order to develop his philosophies. But he was also a dude that you could go, yo, here's what I think about this. And if I said, here's what I think about, he would listen to it. And if it made sense, he would instantly change his perspective. Right, Mm. right. But, But Black Phillip was the... The inception of that, yeah, like that wasn't the that was the that was him being angry, yeah, and 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 trying to figure it out. Whereas I wasn't angry, like I, I, I was, that, but, but, that, but that's probably must have created such a great dynamic
0: between the two of great, you. Though, to yeah, have great, yeah, great show, yeah, yeah, great show, yeah. I mean, you yeah. can still find them I all mean, on
1: they, YouTube,
3: like, but I, I, I tell people if you got to listen to it, you need to listen to it for for entertainment value, because yeah. really funny and, and we were really young and naturally funny, but those principles were, were laced with anger. Yeah, if but think about but, it. I mean, we
1: have this discussion before Dante. There's an episode I was listening to where uh, uh, Jeffrey Gurian brought some chicks to the studio and they were all against what Patrice was saying. And you're this, you're that, you're that. And I watched him through the episode. Turn the girls.
3: Yeah, Turn yeah. them. All of them.
1: All of them. Yeah, There's yeah, three yeah. of them. And he turned them to be on his side. And yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. The principles were intact. It was definitely like. A lot of yelling and name calling and and, and, and more angry than are the concepts you teach now. But it like- was
3: more angry than I. And, and I think if you're really trying to teach dudes, because it's not about getting over or pimping. Or nothing, it's about being a man and being honest about who you are. Yeah. And even if you're a dude who wants to be with multiple chicks, you got to. You, uh, you. The only reason why Mayweather could pull that off is because he thinks he's worth it. He thinks he's worth five chicks, but if you if you playing two and three chicks and you don't really believe that you're worthy of that, you're gonna fuck it up. It's only a matter of time till you well, and and, you, and then, then if and up. then
0: on another level, my guess is Mayweather's, for example, whoever the rich guy is, they feel right. they feel able to do that because of all their success, money, accolades, fame, etc., and it allows them right. to be confident enough to be honest about it. Right, right. Well, but so if you don't think you a- deserve it and you're and you're sneaking it, well now you're doing things right. that are just not cool. Like now you're all right. You know what I'm saying? Now you're just being uncool. Whereas there is a way right. to get that life if it's what you want and be yeah, yeah. and be honest yeah. about it.
3: And everybody's not gonna want to do it. Every chick is not every woman that you meet is not gonna be down. But there's women that are gonna go, Well, this makes sense. Like I would do I want a guy who's a dirtbag who's all mine, or do I want part of a dude who's righteous? and i know that whenever i deal with him I, but if you don't never put that you, you got to put that question in in place you you got to ask that question but so also um, so
0: in in the in this way of living that you talk about is honesty about all of
3: it at the forefront of it uh well so i have a i have an acronym that i use for the show it's called ace a. it's it's authenticity right credibility and empathy so authenticity I tell the truth, I am who I am, that's what I am, I'm not apologizing for it. Credibility means I'm, I'm. what I say I'm gonna do, if I say I'm gonna be somewhere, if I say I'm gonna do something, if I tell y'all, I do it, right? If, and and empathy is the person that I'm socially, the social dynamics of who I'm dealing with, I need to see things from their perspective, what their, what their concerns are. And if I'm reasonable, fair and firm with that, I never need renegotiate my non-negotiables are. I would say relationships is real easy. Just know what your, your non-negotiables are, and then never negotiate them. <laughs> if, if you if, now if you so if you get a chicken, she's cheating, the her man is cheating on her. and she says that fidelity is non-negotiable. When he cheats, in order to f- be a woman of her word, which is interesting, because you never hear woman of her word. I've never heard anybody say she's a woman of. I've heard man of his word, mm-hmm. but never woman, because women are allowed to that fickleness, they're allowed to change. We we give them that space to do that. But if if she says fidelity is is non-negotiable, and then he a dude cheats on it and she stays, then it's negotiable. Mm-hmm. Don't matter what comes out of her mouth, that's all chatter. What matters is what she does, her actions is what what you have to read. Not her not her talking. And we I think we've gotten to a place where we talk too fucking much instead of act. Um did
0: did uh what was your and Patrice's friendship like beyond the Black Phillips show and topics like this? Did it go deeper than that? Were you guys just friends generally?
3: Well, it happened it it happened the whole our friendship happened because of that like we were i was a new comic i met him in 2000 um and uh when i met him everybody was like oh you got to meet this dude patrice yo he's amazing blah, blah blah he said but and this this white chick said to me but his his heart pumps an oily substance <laughs> right she, she was just like she's a great comic but he's just really mean and so I met him when I met him and I was like, he need to learn. He need to meet me. That's I was like, you know, Brooklyn, like, you you know, how Brooke, you can't be like, yo, he needs, he need to meet me. But I met him and uh, and I and I I realized, Oh, I said, oh, you Patrice, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know what he looked like. And then uh, I could you just feel he had that kind of juice. And I said, yo, um, we exchanged numbers and we was kicking it a little bit. And I said to him, um. You know, when I before I met you, this girl told me your heart pumps a oily substance, not unlike crude oil and that you're a horrible person and you got to really watch out for you. And he goes, oh, yeah, he laughed and he hung up. Then he called me back and he goes, um, let me ask you something. Why would you even fuck with me if somebody told you that? And I said, because, first of all, I don't i um, I'm not afraid of you. And I'm not I'm 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 interested in knowing who you are. Anybody who has that kind of effect on people in a negative way, there's <laughs> got to be more to it. And he he laughed, and that was that was the start of our friendship. But Black Philip and Base Philip was conversations that we were having on the phone. And uh, right. and then when he was doing Opie and Anthony, he was like, "Yo, you want to do the co-host this this show with me?" And I was like, "Yeah." What what what's the format? I said what are we doing? He go we doing right what we doing right now right. on the phone. Right. Which is crazy because the reason why people fuck with podcasts is because there's no production level. Like the low production is low. Yeah. And raw. and because it's low and it's rough, people they they gravitate you and they feel like they know you yeah. because it's like let's go for the next segment. You know what I mean? It's just you I mean, who would have thought that Rogan could do a two to three hour format interview with one dude? You would never think that would people would have that kind of that kind of, yeah. um, you know,
1: time to spare. Yeah. Yeah. Disposable interest, time,
3: yeah. A dog. It's crazy. Hundred million dollars later with the Spotify deal. The format is as rough and raw as it is anything. And that's why people fuck with it. I was because thinking, it's it's natural I was
0: thinking about whether Patrice would have eventually gotten his biggest bag from podcasting
3: uh def- I you know what very po- I I think very possible very possible uh I gotta I want to say something uh, Rosenberg does Rosenberg know this story No, partially
0: no. partially uh a baby just I, popped up in in the background yeah if that's you're listening my,
3: that's my son
0: so Dante's son. baby son just popped up, adorable child just popped up
3: behind us. So my wife heard me on Juan Epp fr- when I did one Epp with y'all, mm-hmm. and she was in England listening to it. She was dating a dude, uh, and for four years she, she, was dating, she started. She was dating up. a bloke. She was dating a bloke, <laughs> and for four years she kept telling him to listen to Black Philip, Beige Philip, right. And he didn't. They broke up. She she backpack across America. Hit me up, and we got married. And that's the that's that that's kind of because of you, bro. I want I want you to give you a credit. That baby is part your. <laughs> it's part yours.
0: Yo, that
1: bro, that is a want baby, yo. A wanna baby. That's
3: right, a. Here's
0: a Oh man. my wow. god! What a beautiful kid! Wow!
3: Thank you, bro. So I wanted to say thanks for that, man. So it, she it, loved. It, um, so she
0: wait. So she's, she became a listener to your podcast after you came on one app
3: She, she heard, heard me us on WANAP. On and you know how we was dropping gems on the first one I did with yours? Yep. I still get people that go go up. But she was a one-up fan, and she heard me. Wait, came and wait, got wait, me. wait,
1: wait. One second. One second. Did you see that pimp shit he just tried to do to us? What? What? You what? saw how he gassed us. Was like, yeah, people still hit me about the oneup interview I did with y'all. You fucking... Lying, you pimp motherfucker! He tried to get what you don't think. You don't think people still hit me about the wana? You saw how he slipped that in. Yo, I'm learning you, from hit- you, Sensei,
3: and you just Saif, bullshitted Saif. us. Saif. If I, if I'm not anything, I'm authentic. I uh, swear to God that <laughs> motherfuckers still talk about the my my wife is mad because y'all motherfuckers stopped doing wana.
0: to
1: hey well, you know. We're back
3: to Matt. So, I,
0: well,
1: is she back? Is, is she listening?
3: You. Is she listening now? We need her on Patreon.
1: No, she's busy. Oh,
3: yeah. well, right. <laughs> we, we can do that. But what I'm saying is a lot of times I can't tell you how many times I get dudes will hit me slide in my. I just did a consultation with a dude. He goes, yo, you changed my fucking life. Like things that you were saying. So what I'm saying is you do things with with a righteous intention and you have no idea how it affects. That's, people that's around. Facts.
1: You. That's facts. That's facts.
3: So Sex. So all I was doing was telling the truth, dog. And that's all I've known y'all to do ever is tell the motherfucking truth. And it beca- and you, you what you what you have is your words because your words are used sparingly because you only speak truth, they carry more weight. You just said that at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I was,
0: I yeah. was just saying on the show how I want to get better at using words sparingly because it's it's such an effective yeah. way of communicating.
1: You just said well, that. i like
3: this. I'm a comic of the show. So people pay for my words. Yeah. So if they pay for why am I giving them away for free? I should be able to be so succinct, succinct in what I'm saying. And I use fewer words. I should be able to say when I say, if I say make ultimate decisions, don't give ultimatums, right? That encompasses a philosophy where you don't. If I I I I'll give you an example, I was dating this chick. Um way before my wife years ago um <laughs> and, <laughs> and and um all of a sudden she i wasn't getting no brain i couldn't get no neck mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so i go yo um yo you don't you don't give head what, what's up she's like oh i'm really not that good at it I go well that's why i'm here to practice <laughs> so <laughs> she goes well you know i just never been i go well, well let me explain something to you Getting my dick sucked is non-negotiable, right? I want you to understand that. I, I'm not a freak about it, but I'm saying it, it's it's not something I'm willing to move for the rest of my life and never get my dick sucked again. Just, just uh, and that's reasonable, right? That you would you would you wouldn't make that deal. That's, I don't know any guy that would make that.
1: That's deal. your non-negotiable, yeah.
3: I agree. With so her. the next the next time that di- so she, she, you know, she got back into it. Then it started fading off again. As Soon as it faded off, I called her and I says, yo, I think we done. I just I didn't. Exp- I said, I think we're done. And uh, she goes, why? I feel like we communicate things. are going. I go. I go. Then why is my dick not in your mouth? Hey, she goes, <laughs> why you going to be so vulgar? Why? You gotta- I go. But. Here's, it's, I'm not being vulgar. What If you, at the rue, here's what it is. I'm telling you that this is non-negotiable. If you don't wanna do that, that's okay, but then I'll get somebody else to do it, but I'm not gonna keep talking to you about something that, because if you love me and you want me to be happy, then you do the things I want you to be, that make me happy, just like I would do for you. I bought her, one time I bought her six foot roses. And had them delivered to six foot high mm-hmm. stems and had them delivered to her 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 office, her place of business. So if I do that, you can't like you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a good dude like that. Like I had a chick was like, Oh, I didn't know they had Oreo cookies in in pump in and pumpkin. So the next month I bought every Oreo cookie you could you could, that they made. So she said that. till she said to me, baby, please, no more Oreo cookies, please. I can't, it's too much. I gotta give them away. Oh, okay. No, but that's the dude I am. So it's not unreasonable <laughs> for me to expect me to get my dick stuck. Oh
0: my god. By the you way, I think 40- I think this conversation was as good a tribute to Patrice as we could possibly get. (laughs) Uh,
3: Man. its I mean, it
1: is what it is. It's it's, it's like we're living through the conversations you would have with Patrice back in the day, which I've had a couple of them. I had a couple like this.
3: I miss it because I can't. I I have them with Scythe now because I don't have, for so long, I've just been having these conversations in my head, you know, with nobody to bounce it off of. Um,
0: so, well, look,
1: Man was, uh, School two hundred two. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay,
0: no, no, no. I was just gonna say in closing. Um, did how did you think Patrice was doing at the towards the end? You know, when he kind of got in the documentary, they sort of make a point of showing. You know, the special went well, um, and he yeah. seemed like he seemed it was like light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it seemed like he yeah. was he was actually ready to play the game a little bit more. Um yeah, is yeah, that is I that how so. you
3: would describe that, where he was too well here's here's the thing and I'm I, like I'm always straight up a year before um a year before Patrice died he he stopped talking to me he didn't stop talking to me he stopped fucking with me really and I knew we would hang out again but I knew he he had he had intimacy issues you know because him and his, like, when you would watch him hug his mom, you ever see the that movie Step Brothers, with with at the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. helicopter mixer? Yeah, you know, when yeah, they hug, yeah. that, like, that's how him and his mom would hug. Yeah. And it just was they weren't really accustomed to being affectionate. So he always, he always kind of battled with that, like having people, friends and people wanting to help mm-hmm, him and mm-hmm. people that liked him. He was always skeptical of that. And so it got really hard to be his friend because you you had to constantly prove to him that you were his friend. And I, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, four years older than him. So I'm 54 now and he would be 50. And I just was at a place. I had a wife, I had a kid, I was married at that time. I had a job I was doing and I, it was just so difficult. So, but from what I could see was there was a softening from him f- after black Philip. I mean, he, his, you know, when you 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 watch the the doc, you'll watch him. He 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 said to me about about Vaughn's uh, daughter. Uh, you know, yo, I know you got, cause I had a stepdaughter. He's like, how are you gonna handle this? I go, let me explain something. There's nothing that you could possibly do that would stop you from falling in love with this little girl. So you might as well get ready. So yeah. he's he was kind of trying to hold off, but she he would go, look at your big ass head. He would, and she would go, oh, Mr. P, you're funny and then hug him and he would just melt. And and so that kind of softening started to happen. Mm. Um, and I think that happened. And I think the culmination of like when you watch Elephant in the Room, probably one of the one of the best stand up i ever it's I've incredible. ever seen ever. Um, and, and, and even even moments where he pulls them in just to explode. It's just, it's so masterful. And it took a long time because if you look at the, like I, as a younger comic, I would watch him and I would, he would walk a third of the room at times, right? He chased them out and they get the fuck out because he would, they would be offended. And I, as, as a younger comic, I was like, wow, that's dope. Right? And then as, when I started headlining, I was like, why am I punishing these people who love me for the people who don't know how to act i could handle this more tactfully but at the at a young comic you like oh he's a rebel but a lot of times it was fear i, I think he was afraid of being successful and so Damn. he would sabotage himself because he was afraid he didn't want to be responsible like you know how, like kevin hart there's a if he's if so if he if kevin Hart something happens to kevin hart how many hundreds of people hundreds stars hundreds yeah yeah Hundreds of people starved. He didn't want that kind of. He didn't want that kind of responsibility. But I think as he got older, he knew that things were changing and that he needed to play the game. Oh, and I think the, that when they when he did this elephant in the elephant room, the deal with Comedy Central was that he would get a pilot to do kind of like a Chappelle show or Carlos Mencia kind that kind of thing that they were doing at that time. And he, because he didn't want to do uh. Comedy Central because Comedy Central had give given lesser comics, what he thought was lesser comics <clears throat> specials before him. So he was like, I'm not fucking, so the way, way they did, they got him was they sweetened the pot with a show. And so now he was running his own show and he had the, and he and it was a dude, uh, like a, a, a extra who was giving him a hard time. And he came back to me and he was like, yo, you know, I realize, you know, being an asshole is fucked up. He goes when you're running a show if you got to be with somebody 16 hours shooting a show the last thing you'll take a guy who's less talented who's more agreeable yeah yeah, for 16, yeah. you know to be around 16 hours and he goes you know from now on I'm never because that was Patrice he would go into whatever the field, yeah tell I mean the writers I, yeah they
0: kind of they didn't really want to give details it felt like about the office yeah but you could tell yeah. that the
3: office he was a pain in the ass. I told he. This is what he told me. I was like, "Yo, why would you leave the office?" That should. He said to me, "Yo, that's that's Steve Carell shit. Like you, like what? Like, like that's that's how he was. Oh, that's his shit. I on my own shit. So, but I think what happened was him dealing with some knucklehead. He said to me, "Yo, yo, you know, I realize, you know, it's much better when you when you're agreeable." I go, "Oh, that's that's your revelation at forty eight <laughs> years old that you that." You when you're nice to people, they like you more that. That's your fucking big revelation, you asshole. (laughs) So so I think it just was maturing and, you know, he was getting older and he was seeing that, you know, it ain't all, you know, because a lot of times we're rebelling, you know, like like a quick example, my pops favored my sisters over me. Right. And so they always got and I didn't get. So when I got an opportunity, I was like, if I want something, I'm going to get it right and uh, so that's why I got 16 fur coats because if I want it I'm gonna get it so I'm but I'm my pops has died in 2011 and I'm still if I want to eat a cheesecake, I'm gonna eat a cheesecake because my I'm not gonna let but I'm really saying because I'm not gonna let my father make you know what I'm saying yeah. we're still living that that same thing and and so you gotta kind of break that cycle. Because as a kid, this is who that's who I was as a kid. Anything I want, I want roller skates, I want roller blades, I want I go get it and I'm gonna do it at any. But now I'm 50, and when I shouldn't eat the cheesecake, I'm like, who the fuck's gonna deprive me of the cheesecake? Yeah. But I'm fighting a battle that nobody else is fighting. Anybody's like, nigga, you wanna eat the whole cheese? You can have it all. Yeah. yeah, you better believe I can have it all. And I'm like, why am no I need. having this guys, imaginary fight? Yeah. And by the way, right, but right. That, that that idea though, the, the the
0: Patrice figuring out that being agreeable is a good thing you'd almost be surprised how many people don't seem to fully get that idea of that like being yeah. someone that people yeah, yeah. want to be around really makes yeah. you much more indispensable.
3: Yeah. well yeah. Like yeah. there are a lot there are a lot of people that, who are just but assholes. people want to fuck with you. How many people have picked you up and put you on just because you was a good dude? Because you just—I mean, I'm sure
0: sure there are people who look around and think I'm a talentless hack, and I would hope that they would think, well, (laughs) he must at least be a nice guy. See, Cipher sounds for example, but look at Cipher—he's a great guy,
3: and everybody hates
0: him. Yeah, everybody hates
1: Cipher.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what? what His—you know—we working on him because he don't—he don't think that what he has to offer is valuable because it comes easy to him. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if you've seen that dude that's on on now uh, blowing up that dude, Kevin Samuels, is telling chicks that the black chicks that they're they're average. He's I like seen supposed it. to be a relationship with Okay. Him. Yeah, it's it's insane. But uh he uh but it's it's almost like if you if if you meet a woman and you're talking to her and you how does she know you? How does she how does she know who you are and what you are? You tell her now you can't go i got a Porsche i got money i'm disciplined i'm but there're cues to that like when you have that confidence when you know that you're worthy and you have value it permeates your walk your talk the cadence of your voice your eye contact the way you dress it 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 fills it it permeates everything that you do mm-hmm. and so she knows that you you're telling her what your value is by all of those things. To the same token, if you think you ain't shit or you don't think that what you do is is dope or extraordinary, you're going to communicate that, too. Mm. So because because I mean, Cypher is multi-talented, but he oh, you know, anybody could do that. No, anybody <laughs> can't do that. And I'm not saying Roger Dick, but I'm saying understand that you put the work in to to get what you want. You you didn't it. Nobody gave it to you that you earned it and you're good at it. And it's valuable. And even more so, you know, if you if you got millions of dollars and you get some 20 year old chick. Right. But you're but she's not. And she's bad. She's baddest chick ever. Victoria's Secret model or whatever. But she's fucking your dad then it, it it doesn't matter how hot she is she's fucking your dad so loyalty is more important than her looks you know mm-hmm. honesty is more important than her looks but you would so honest dudes who give honesty and loyalty and civility and generosity a lot of times they think they think that has no value but it, it's the only thing that matters because even no matter how much money you got Don't you got to have somebody that you got to have an accountant that you trust. You got to have a loyal that you trust. So righteousness and loyalty, righteousness, loyalty, civility and kindness is more valuable than a six pack or a 48 inch ass and a 22 inch. It don't matter because that same person. Like, Here's the thing. You got to you got the (laughs) baddest bitch in the world. But she's 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 got AIDS. What? Wow. <laughs> well, well, uh, okay. Well, that's a that's a,
0: that's one way of, of making. Guys, left yeah, sure. I mean,
1: <laughs> turn. I mean, I
3: understand that's an extreme thing, but you you feel what I'm saying? Or well, I got the I got the baddest bitch in the world, but I come home and, and she's sucking my dad's dick. Like, I don't care how bad you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if there's there's conditions to love, and I think Patrice started to understand that it didn't. You know that you didn't have to kill a fly with a bazooka, you you could you could just give it enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could, you, especially when you have the ability to 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 gauge up and down. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Why uh, would you waste? I mean, I energy? I hate
1: I hate 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 going back and thinking about what Patrice would have been and the potential. I just like to bask in the glory of of what we got to get from the guy man and yeah. documentaries out go check it out um, The Elephant in the and, Room and the one
0: thing I took from um, Dante's story there I'm pretty sure what he meant was Sife got caught sucking someone's dad's dick yeah <laughs> is exactly
3: that what that what he, was that's exactly
0: what
1: we were saying
3: I was, I was, that was man, I I tried to make it so you read nah I saw through like it
1: I saw through it like Biggie said this bitch looks so good I suck on a daddy on her daddy's dick. <laughs> Why? Why you, is that? You know, it's crazy. As
0: many other things you could have <laughs> did, Big. Yeah, it looks Patrice,
1: so good. Patrice. I wash her
0: dad's car. Okay.
3: <laughs> Patrice was a dude who who is kind of like Biggie in a way. Like, if you Brooklyn and you ask who's a better rapper, Jay Z or Biggie, right? You you know the body of work is Jay Z, but you can't say that if you're from Brooklyn. But, but you but, could get stabbed. But
1: Jay. But Jay <laughs> Z would say Biggie. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but
0: we know yeah, what it is. Yeah, that's true. But that is right, a, yeah, right, but, that, but in that, that specific example, he would, right. But there's a yeah, reverence yeah. there. Ayo, hey, Dante, yeah, thank you, yeah. bro.
3: Thank you for having my, you know, for helping me out with my son. I got a beautiful son because of you guys. <laughs> I can't. I can't even front. I can't. She man, came. She came and she came and landed the big fish. She came from across the waters, from the Thames, to get me. That's Yo, great. That's that's That's, that's cr- it's so
0: random and crazy. Man, um, thanks for the knowledge. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thanks for the gems. Thanks yeah. for the Patrice stories, Always. man.
0: That's Dante Nero. Hey, look what we did, if We managed to pull off, in spite of Billy June, we managed to pull off a, a Patrice O'Neill special. Our way. Yeah, our way.
1: You know
0: what I mean? A lot of a lot of random stories about male strippers fucking girls. You know, we that's went a lot of different. Up, that's
1: the one wait. Listen, man, I don't care if you're
0: not a fan.
1: But if you are a fan, we're giving you the goods, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are the goods.
0: Yo, Saif, there was a line that you have in the Patreon. I'm not going to say what it was, but in the <laughs> Patreon Patrice episode. Uh-huh. You made a joke about K-Fox. <laughs> And, and her obsession with talking about puberty. <laughs> and the way that you said it, I was like, can we still. Like, there's a harshness to the One Ep fans. Like, you have to be, if you're a One Ep fan. Like, do One Ep fans know that occasionally we do say things a little bit for shock value? Like, that little bit of extra. Just I, would, the-
1: I would hope so. Uh, okay, One Ep. Please subscribe, Patreon, subscribe to the podcast on all the platforms and leave a review, rate us, all that good shit. Curb Your Enthusiasm is what Larry David experiences and then wish he would have did in the moment. Right. Curb Your Enthusiasm is Larry David runs into a situation and hand- handles it like a regular human, but he wishes he would have said some wild shit, and then that's the show. Right. That's Juan Ep. Right. That's one We get to there, say the, the, wild shit.
0: Yeah, and like, yes, it can't be quite as wild as it used to be, but still no. we can have a harshness and like even with Dante, some of that talk. I know some people would hear it and be like, Whoa. But sorry guys, I know it's twenty twenty one, but this is the old fucking one up way, baby. I, I I I
1: I you asked me earlier if I've been going to therapy lately, and the answer is technically no. I've been talking to Dante a lot lately, and bro, I, it's a he, it's it's therapy. It's therapy. No, nah,
0: he is. Listen. I wonder I was gonna ask him this but like I wonder whether he'd consider like if or if he has going to school and just becoming a therapist
1: like a legal therapist I yeah. don't know I think he's, I think he's doing all right but I but love I that mean, guy yeah I know
0: I'm it, sure. it sounds like he's doing great but I just think he'd be so helpful because like even if you don't I feel like he has a lot of stuff that even if you don't want to get into all of the the shit that seems a little quote crazier yeah, there's still a lot of basic principles there that he just it's, really it's, sees it's, clearly.
1: Bro, I'm not trying to fucking pick up girls, but the shit he right. teaches you, the confidence thing, building that up, it's very helpful. And and uh, we appreciate you listening. Go watch. And the by the Patrice way, thing. and the
0: numbers are doing great. We're I, Billy. I, Billy shared with us the other day where our listenership's at. It's really going great. So thank you to everyone. Keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Like um, sharing it. And sharing
1: it would help sharing it
0: that is know. the one thing i'd say like we don't i would like to get more tweets that i can retweet yeah um i'd like you to tell more people about it like if you loved this episode today and you're like yo that was such a fun hour and a half I, I love this copy the link and just text it separately to five friends yeah and just that that is where we need this thing to go and i know yeah, we're man. leaning on you but uh we appreciate you and this is for the people who wanted us to come back so we back
1: and uh, subscribe to Patreon because the we did the Patrice O'Neill interview. The last interview he did with us, it was literally the week before he got sick and then he died a month later or whatever. Like he, he went into a coma or a stroke, whatever it was.
0: It was stroke um, and then a coma, yeah.
1: So it, it's an amazing, dope-ass interview. I, I wouldn't even say an interview. It was just a great chat we had with Patrice O'Neill, And we're putting that up there on the Patreon for you guys. Thank you so much. Billy June, go fuck yourself uh monster and like, energy I thank mean, you I see we, 50,
0: we we had 40 some patrons last week we have 58 patrons this week it's like we're going up 10 to 15 a week mm-hmm. but like we want to get to a point yo there's a world in which one ep becomes the full one ep and this is just what we do and it and it's not that unreasonable at all you know what i'm saying not at all we're it at, we're at, 58 patrons let's talk let's talk at 500 patrons you can start dreaming then of getting to a place where you have a completely uncut show and by the way an uncancelable show because it only exists because of the listeners That's you right. don't have to worry about what sponsors think about it honestly I would love for us to never have sponsors I would love for us to I love that we don't pause so you have to fast forward while we talk about dick pills or what some website Dollar, that sells dollar Shave Club yeah let me by the way I there the products that are sold on podcast. Uh, I mean, I listen and I know I shouldn't say this, no, because we'll take to, the money. We'll take the money, but do people really click? I fast forward. I go thirty seconds skip, thirty seconds skip. Oh, I missed a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> So I love it. Like I lo- let's just get these patrons up and never add sponsors and continue to do what the fuck we want. Next week we'll be back with uh, some some good old hip hop bullshit. Oh, Billy fuck! June, this is the work.
1: this is, this is the very end, and I'm sorry. Maybe Billy, maybe make this into something. I want to send a very big shout out to the legendary Juan Epp family. De La Soul. De La Soul was on an episode of Teen Titans on Saturday.
0: Okay, I
1: saw that. De La Soul was on Cartoon Network, Teen Titans, Plug One, Plug Two, Plug Three, Mace, Dave, and of course, Pasta Noose. Man, it was a, a, an emotional moment watching my son's favorite cartoon with one of my favorite rap groups. And this podcast obviously is based on the De La Soul album title. <coughs> Real One Up fans know the drama we had with the original De La Soul interview. So shout out to De La Soul, man. I, I love lo- you guys, just,
0: man. Yeah, I love those guys. Shouts to De La as well. I told uh,
1: Pasta News, I said, yo, it was a great job you did on Teen Titans, but um, I don't think they had dark enough ink for your skin. Okay. And he goes, He goes, He goes. goes. it's COVID. I've been
0: inside. I haven't been in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't look all the way like him, but it was close. It was close. Oh, hey, Sight, by it. the way, I meant to say this earlier. Go yeah. fuck yourself.
1: What, oh, really?
0: Yeah. Really? All
1: right. Thanks, guys. One Up for life. Big up, Texas, man. I hope you're good. Oh my people Yo, This is the my, episode my that in won't Texas, end.
0: Man. This episode of One Up is like ending a phone call with your grandmother. <laughs> wait.
1: Wait. Did you get the check?